Welcome to House of Wrestling, everybody. It's me, Nick Hausman. Come on in, take your shoes off, your hat off, drop it on the coat rack, and come on into the living room here today. It has been a busy four or five days in the world of professional wrestling, and I could not be happier to welcome this person into the living room today to talk all about it. Mayor Cena on Fightful, Instinct Culture, Wrestling Observer. Really, if it's a if it's a pro wrestling podcast platform of note, she's been there, and we're happy to have her here in House of Wrestling. It's Denise Salcedo. Denise, thank you so much for coming on to the show here today. Thank you, but you forgot my biggest title, Nick, and you know what that is? Your post-media scrum sitting partner i guess that could be my official title but that is technically my that should be that should be thrown in there that's true yes uh, it is official that when i sit in AEW scrums i like to sit next to denise it became a tradition after last year's all out where my camera was broken uh i didn't we weren't live streaming i was sitting there by myself for the first time denise was right next to me of course very prepared all of her very nice equipment and that was that was when CM Punk decided to really set it off and have that scrum tirade. And um, when Punk looked directly at me uh, to try to get at me and make me look very bad, Denise's camera angle was able to capture that moment as if you were inside the cage as the great white attacked you in the ocean. Oh, it was wonderful, Denise. I had the POV of Nick Hausman. Like it was your point of view, what you were seeing, because I was right next to you. In hindsight, I'm like, huh, maybe I should have gotten some of your facial expressions. But I think during that time, I was just so, you know, press record. And at that point, once I realized what was happening, I was thinking to myself, just lay low, just hang back here, see what happens. Whatever happens, happens. You and me both. And like the weirdest part of it, if the whole thing is like, nobody even remembers this, but at the end, he's like, all right, Nick, what question did you want to ask? And I'm like, I kind of want to know what you thought about MJF coming back. Like it had <laughs> yeah. nothing, it had nothing to do with any, I like, in hindsight, I should have been like dropped everything and been like, can, can we follow up on a couple of the terrifying yes. points that you just made? Cause nobody really did. You know? Right, because I think we were all shocked. And there was a lot of people in there that I feel would have definitely. I'm, I feel like there was at least 10 people in there that now looking back should have, would have been like, oh, I should have asked this question, that question. But it was one of those situations where I think everybody was trying to like digest what was happening, what was being said. And I remember like even months after going, dang, I really wish I would have asked CM Punk this question or something, right? Because again, but if that's in hindsight, and in hindsight, we tend to have a little bit more knowledge. But if I could go back, I think a lot of us would probably, you know, handle it or ask I'll ask some more questions for sure. I'll be honest, like I don't, I wouldn't change really a thing. I mean, I maybe I would have asked a follow up, but like the butterfly effect for me out of for me personally was like everyone was talking about my improv career, and they were all talking about like all this other stuff that was like very positive in my direction. So like for me, I would have been fine, but to like kind of change the course of history. So we didn't get to the point where we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, man, like everybody, I think we all wish we could have thrown our arms around that situation a little bit better because it was man. Yeah. And by the way, is that like the most viewed video you've ever yes. had? Is ever, it? ever. Wow. I think right now it's, or the last time I checked, it was sitting at 1.7 million views. What the fuck? Yeah, 1.7 million. Wow. And that video, a lot of people go back and rewatch it over and over again. I know there's people that leave comments going like, this is my 10th time that I watch it or, hey, I'm back again. 
And when CM Punk was, was, you know, fired from AEW, there was a little spike in views again. I haven't gone right now to check where that, where it's at or anything like that, but there was a spike in views for that specific video. And so I was pretty much expecting it because people are going to be like, yeah, I need a reminder again, what happened? Or let me just, because a lot of people just enjoyed it. They just enjoyed it. People love the video. They love to go watch the drama unfold and talk about it. And, you know, it's wild. It's it's definitely wild. Yeah, for sure, man. Every time he does it, like, you know, we'll get into what his future may look like, but I feel like that's always going to get a bump, right? You know, my life has been changed forever because of this whole media scrum. I still have people reference all the time about it. I walked into StarCast. I was only in there about an hour. All anybody talked to me about was CM Punk, and then I left because I felt very uncomfortable. And I feel bad because I love StarCast. I love everybody at StarCast. Obviously, Premier Streaming Network. By the way, if you're watching this show right now, you're watching on Premier Streaming Network. First run Tuesday, Thursday, noon Eastern. Uh, great, great partner, great platform. We love Premier. Come over, support Premier Streaming Network. I was bummed I wasn't more around StarCast, but like I was kind of telling you about this yesterday. I just was like feeling very, I was feeling a weird vibe this weekend because I've been so close to this CM Punk story and situation. I walked into that weekend knowing CM Punk's not going to be at all out. Now, Tony didn't let everybody know until Saturday why he wasn't going to be at all out, how, for whatever reason, which we'll get to here in a second. But I knew this man was not going to be at all out. And the Friday I walked into StarCast early, I was at the bar for like 10 minutes. People were like, oh, what's going on with Punk? I was like, he's not going to be here this weekend. And I had people telling me about all this money they spent to be there just to see him and how disappointed they were. I was like, fuck, man, you can't be this guy all weekend. That's gonna I saw this that collision, Nick, when yeah. I was walking down the hallway. And obviously the news had only broke like a couple hours prior to the actual show starting. And I was walking down the hallway and there was this group of four guys and they were all in their CM Punk merch. One guy had this like really big, very nice CM Punk uh, sign. And this fan, all I heard was, I'm so freaking pissed. <laughs> like they were mad. And, you know, they were talking about it amongst themselves. And then that was it. But I think that was the thing that I think was the, one of the most interesting parts about being in Chicago was that it wasn't the crowd that reaction that I necessarily expected. While there were a lot of CM Punk chants, there was an overwhelming amount of people anti-CM Punk there. And for Chicago, that was very surprising. And that was one of the things where I started going, oh my God, we were not, I have, you have sat, I have sat in many Chicago crowds with CM Punk there. And the man was always treated and responded to like a God there. So it, that was the very surprising situation. Um, okay. Well, we'll get to, we're going to get back to the crowd because Denise and I had a very interesting view of the crowd reaction to CM Punk at one specific point in the show. Spoiler alert, the Young Bucks match. Holy shit. It got very, very hot. Um, but, uh, let's, let's break it. Let's take a step back here. So, uh, last we talked, uh, yes, I was telling you, I didn't think Punk was going to be there by the way, house of That's the other plug at the top. Go check out that for all the exclusives. So then sure enough, yes, Saturday, uh, Tony Khan lets everybody know in a statement, uh, that CM Punk has been terminated with cause following an internal investigation uh, into what happened at All In. Uh, Fightful is saying that there is footage of this encounter that was likely weighed in the decision-making process. And during a address to the crowd before a Collision went live, um, he did a video where he said he feared for his life. Now, Sports Illustrated has said that the video he did 
addressing the situation. Got really mixed reviews within the industry. Denise, how did you feel about Tony's address in video form uh, to the Collision fans? So I only watched the one that he did in person to the actual crowd. I haven't even watched the one that he did directly to just the on-camera one. I watched the one that he came out and did to the Collision crowd. Okay, so wait, so... That's right, because I was told about this. They didn't show the video version to the fans that were at Collision. No, no. Okay, so the fans at Collision, for those that are unaware, were treated to an in-person session with Tony Khan. And Denise, please tell us how this Tony Khan address before Collision went about CM Punk's termination. So look, I think there are two things to take away from that. One, the big thing is that a lot of people said that they thought that it was very brave of Tony Khan to go out there and address the crowd and basically take all of the booze, all of the heat, and basically take that, have the fans get it out of their system before they directed it to the talent on screen, right? And I 100% agree with that. I'm like, okay, you know, I never, when I was sitting there, I was the entire time I was thinking, I can't believe this is happening right now. I can't believe this is happening right now. To see Tony Khan go out there and get booed by the fans when just one week ago, Nick, I was sitting there watching AEW at their highest peak with all in. And then to see this reaction, it was a night and day different. And I was in shock. The other thing, the only big change that I would have made is I would not have stood out there for six minutes and 30 seconds addressing all of this. I think that had he came out and just been a little bit more quick and concise and just said, this is what happened with CM Punk. He's been released. We're very sorry, fired, whatever, terminated, whatever word you want to use. And we still have a great show for you guys. We're putting on a great show for you guys. We hope everything goes great. Thank you so much for all of your support of All In and can't wait for All Out tomorrow. Bam, that's it. Hit it every single bullet point and wrap it up. That thing should have been less than two minutes top. I think once it got to a certain point, it, it became a little bit too much. And I think that was the only thing that I felt was it should have just been a lot more compact. Sure. I, I wonder, you know, with Tony here, because Tony really likes punk, you know, and the more I kind of look at how this story played out and like, why did Tony do a lot of the things Tony did in this whole saga that got us to where we are? I think a lot of it was Tony just really wanted to try to make it work. That's it. Tony, and I don't really, blame him. he really likes punk. Right. And so, like, I think that he's definitely emotionally conflicted over this. I mean, you could see it there. Maybe it took six and a half minutes. Maybe he lost track of time because he's sitting here looking at his hometown. Get, and he's getting booed. And if you haven't watched the video, it's not hard to find. Go on go on X or whatever it's called now. Type of Tony Khan live AEW uh, collision. He's got a chair out there. I mean, it is a little dramatic. It's a little <laughs> theatrical the way. Like, he brings the chair out. Everybody's booing him. He sits down, cross-armed, like taking it all in. And he, then he starts to address everybody. But, I mean, I got to think that the reason he's, like, he's feeling this all right now is I think he's, like, a little beat up about it. I don't think he wanted to lose Punk. Right? I, it took, I would it think... took everybody telling him to get rid of Punk to get rid of him, you know? So, you know, it was it is that thing where you can tell that he had, at least from, you know, from what we saw, a good relationship with CM Punk because – there were so many times where he was sitting there with Punk and they were in this media scrums because we got at least like six CM Punk media scrums yes. during the time that he was there. This is the guy that, you know, Tony Khan was using to get – because how do I explain this? So every media scrum, you have one big guy that goes out there. It's either MJF, Brian Danielson, or CM Punk. 
for like a whole year, it was CM Punk was that guy. And then it turned into MJF and then sporadically Brian Danielson now. So when he was out there with CM Punk, they always seemed to have like this bond and they always seemed to get each other, at least from like my perspective, like watching this, it seemed like they understood one another and they were on the same page. And you can go back and watch those and you can see this for yourself. And even the day of the all out media scrum, everybody, what do they talk about is Tony Khan's reactions. A lot of his reactions were, you know, nodding along and kind of to me sitting there in the crowd. I almost felt like he was agreeing with with a lot of what CM Punk was saying, or maybe sympathizing. I'm not sure. I was I 100% got that vibe as as well because I know that as you know as terse as Punk was there, and I'm being very very uh, nice with the word terse. uh, I I think that there were elements of what Punk was saying that people. Uh, saw as an issue within the company, you know, kind of the political kind of uh, nipping at each other's heels kinds of vibe that was going on. And truthfully, you know, kind of seeing how these guys are celebrating running this guy out of the company. Um, it makes me wonder, will there, you know, will there be another CM Punk? Like, you know, it, will there be somebody else that, that comes in that, that draws this ire and, and gets treated the same way? I, I don't want to draw direct comparisons to other people, but you know, it's, it's something that I would have liked Tony. You know, I asked Tony point blank in the scrums, what are you going to be doing differently to ensure that this doesn't happen again? What did you learn from the CM Punk situation that you're going to change to make sure we don't get to this again? And I believe that I now hold the record for shortest Tony Khan answer ever because he did not give us a single word. He didn't even respond to the question. He sat there. We all waited and then a PR person said, all right, next question. And we all moved along. It was the weirdest thing, Denise. And I really would have loved for him to answer that question, you know? I think that was when I realized that there wasn't going to be much CM Punk conversation. And I mean, I had already had a gut feeling about that. But I think I re- I thought that there was going to at least be some because he did acknowledge it at All In, where he did say there was a backstage incident and he did mention it then, but there was no follow-up at all in terms of, you know, I guess he probably saw it in the light of, I already said everything I had to say when I went out there and addressed it to the fans. So I think after your first question was when I realized, okay, we're not going to get any CM Punk stuff at all. We ended up getting one question, which was from Brandon Thurston. And that one was about his uh, non-compete clause and which Tony Khan said he didn't want to discuss the details of CM Punk's termination. And then on top of that, there was your question about Jungle Boy Jack Perry and his suspension, which, you know, that's what he said that he was suspended indefinitely. And after that, we didn't get anything else from that particular circumstance. Yeah. And I, you know what? I didn't want to be overkill about it. Right. You know, as much as everybody tries to be like, hey, you know, heavy handed houseman over here. Uh, You know, I, I, I tried to keep the Christian stuff, the Christian pertinent stuff the Danielson stuff to, to Danielson pertinent stuff, but don't you better believe I thought about it with Danielson because I am, I am very much under the impression Danielson as a locker room leader was trying to get these sides to work together. And at some point down the road, I hope we get to hear his perspective on what it was like to try to help mediate these two sides, because I don't think we're going to get a better perspective on what this period was like than maybe through outside of Tony than through Danielson. Um, but considering that the miraculous story i was kind of a little bit more interested in his injury honestly so i feel like brian actually somewhat addressed it but in a very sly way 
Yeah. Uh, and it was one of the portions where he said, where he was talking about moving forward. Yes. He, I forget exactly what he said during that, but when I heard him say it, I'm like, oh, he's referring to the events that unfolded with CM Punk. Yes. It was very much like when I asked, well, I, I asked at the two-parter, right? Before I asked Tony about what would you do different or make changes, I asked Adam Cole what the vibe was like backstage because, you know, we had it, obviously they just put on this banger show in light of all this kind of craziness that had just happened. And Adam said something very similar where he's like, the, lo the locker room is good. The locker room is focused on the next two, five, ten years down the road. They're trying to project a strong front, a long-term front, and they have to. I'm not, I'm, it's it's what they need to be doing right now. And I thought uh, in the media scrum, I, I do think that Tony uh, was obviously a little more than cautious about the Sea of Punk stuff, but I thought the rest of the, the roster members they sent out there did a really, really good job of painting a calm, uh, united, positive front for the company at the show. And it, I thought they just did a really nice job in that respect. I think so, too, especially because when you think a lot of the advertising for all of their events and CM Punk was there, all of the ones that he attended, Nick, who was front and center of those banners, who was front and center of those pay-per-view posters, it was CM Punk. Yeah. And now that's out. And it's so weird to see how everything's going to have to, you know, readjust. Like, even just with Collision itself, that was one of the things that Tony announced, that Brian is going to be working collision now. And I'm just like, oh my God, like obviously that's freaking cool because if you're going to replace anybody with anybody, everybody loves Brian Daniels. So nobody has any issues with Brian. He's just a very lovable guy. Right. But it is one of those things where you stop and think, oh my God, like there's now this, when you have CM Punk always front and center, now there's, I guess you can say maybe like, who are you going to put now? There's cases that can be made for MJF, for Kenny Omega, for Brian Danielson. But before, it always felt very clear that Punk was going to be the one in that little spot. So now I'm going to be interesting to see how like things look when they're being promoted and whatnot. Yeah, and I, you know, I'll be honest. I was kind of looking forward to seeing these shows grow as they were. Like, you know, a little bit of creative tension between each side's is fine pushing each other. Obviously this had spilled over into something completely different than just like professional tensions where you're like creatively just trying to one up one another. But the idea of these two kind of distinct shows that were really trying to one up each other. I mean, it, it you know, WCW, WWE or WWF is obviously a comparison, but it kind of gave me more shades of the Paul Heyman, Eric Bischoff, Ross Smackdown era. Obviously that was a little longer era. But what I'm getting at is I hope these shows still retain some kind of definition. I thought that was really effective. I thought it was a great way to showcase more people. Now that this kind of whole my show, their show thing is out the window, I hope it doesn't become just kind of a big, you know, like a collision becomes another rampage kind of thing where it's just another spot where the stuff we didn't do on Dynamite, the show we really like, we're just going to kind of get it going over here on, on Saturday nights now. Yeah, and I think considering the season that we're going into with, you know, all of the sports kicking back up, I say the sports because yeah. I only know very little about sports, but I know that it's going to be, you know, it's going to start to be that time of the year where it's like you got all of your college football games. And from my understanding, with a five o'clock slot is usually the best game of the day. And that is the exact same time that Collision airs. So it's one of those things where I'm like, man, it, it's going to be interesting to see 
what Collision looks like in terms of the content and what Collision looks like in terms of ratings moving forward. Because I thought for the most part, like I was enjoying a lot of episodes of Collision. I was enjoying what they were doing. People were interested to talk about Collision. So I really do hope that they continue that, that they're able to continue that against all odds. And, and I've talked to some people this past week about whether or not the punk termination is going to affect the Warner Brothers negotiations, right? Uh, obviously, there'd been a lot of speculation, rumors, reports that Punk was a big piece in that that equation there. Warner saw a lot of value in him. They really liked the idea of him being the centerpiece of collision. With that all said, I'm not hearing a whole lot about this uh, really affecting their negotiations with Warner Brothers. Now, if it leads to a downturn in viewership uh, or anything in the wake of CM Punk being removed from the situation, yeah, that, that could affect them. But if their numbers stay consistent as they are without Punk, I think that they're going to roll right through this and probably still get a very good Warner Brothers Discovery deal. So for anybody interested just in that aspect of it, I'm not under the impression right now that this is going to affect their TV negotiations. Yeah, I guess it's just going to be a wait and see type of game. Again, I think that unfortunately they do have a lot of odds stacked against them with college day football and all of that. So that is going to be something that it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. I'm, I'm expecting Dynamite this week to, to pop a rating. Honestly, I think All Out was a really good show. I think people are going to be interested to see how the elite crew kind of react in this space now that they've, you know, won the war, so yeah. to speak, right? Like, what are the elite going to do here? You know, rain Coca-Cola cans from the sky? I'm not really sure. Uh, <laughs> They're just going to go around smashing Pepsi bottles. Just yeah, be like cool. smashing. And oh my God, I just thought of something. You know, when you get your cans, right? You're collecting your cans and then you send them into the place to recycle and get some money. What do you do before you actually send them in? You smash them. So they can literally do something like that where it's like, oh, I'm just smashing my cans, right? I'm going to go take them in. Oh, but they're all Pepsi cans. It's so dumb. But anyway. Well, well but I do wonder though, right? Because like Tony, again, liked punk, right? I don't think he's thrilled that punk isn't there anymore. How does this affect the dynamic? Does it affect the dynamic, right? I mean, do, does Tony let these guys do this? Does he enjoy watching them do this? I don't really know, right? Like, the whole backstage, I, I'm very interested to see how the pieces move here, right? The dynamic between Tony and the Elite. There were obviously people on the roster who were very tight with Punk and saw, them, saw him as the leader of their, quote-unquote, like, part of the locker room, right? And now that he's gone, how does that affect those people, and what they're doing in the company or how they feel about the company. I, we haven't really started to see what the ripple effects uh, of all of this stuff internally is going to be quite yet. Cause I know for a fact, there are people up top there that really wanted punk to stay and saw an extreme value in him. So I, it, it's not like this was a, everybody wanted to see this guy gone. There are people that are very upset to see this guy gone right now. And right now it feels like it because with social media, it's one of those things where like everybody feels very anti CM punk, but yeah. I think sometimes you forget that that's not going to speak for everybody. But then again, in the crowd, like I said, there was a good amount of people that were, you know, pro CM Punk, but then there was a lot more anti. It's just the whole experience has been, it's been something just too crazy to even like comprehend at this point. But yeah, I do agree. I do think that there is going to be this thing of like, I, I do, I can imagine because at the end of the day, it's a business, right? And I know people always want to discredit CM Punk and say, oh, he didn't help the business or whatever, right? right. He did help the business a lot. And Tony Khan has been very outspoken about this in past media scrums where he talks about how CM Punk helps with numbers and 
all of this, right? So I can only imagine like, if that's my company, then clearly I'd be like, dang, you know, I lost a big part of, you know, bringing in some good numbers and whatnot. And that is CM Punk. But the other thing is that, you know, he said what he said, which was that he felt his life was in danger and he didn't want to endanger the lives of other people. So I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, if you're a boss, you have to, I guess, you know, you have to make decisions, right? Of course he had legal. He had, what is it? The disciplinary committee that they talked which about. We did, which I wish somebody had asked about. I only get, so I can only ask so many questions. I really wish somebody had asked who was on that discipline committee, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So the discipline committee, the legal committee or legal in general and uh, Tony it's one of those things where you're like, okay, you know, all of these things, they had to be, one thing had to outweigh the other. And I do, you know, believe that with, you know, Fightful reporting about the uh, the footage and whatnot, because right. that was something that even before they reported, a lot of people were like, why can't they just check the cameras? Wembley has a lot of cameras. And I'm like, okay, like, I don't know what the situation's like backstage at Wembley, but yeah. given what Wembley is, I can imagine that they would have cameras, right? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to assume that based on what they saw on that footage, that this ended up being a situation where they were like, all right, we're going to make the decision to get rid of punk. And then also not only that, there was people that witnessed the entire thing. This has been put out there. Like there was people there when it happened. Like this wasn't just some little incident that, 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 you know, occurred in a tight little private space. No, people saw. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the thing is, like, if Tony does like Punk and was trying to soften this man's exit from the company and repair his reputation, he's done a terrible job of that because Punk right now looks like an absolute psychopath. Um, everybody that's in the company right now uh, can't, you know, be quick enough to talk about how happy to see him gone, except for Andrade, oddly enough, um, who <laughs> took to Twitter and basically said, I dare you to fire me with a with that tweet about how he can't wait to work with punk again. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, they, they, they're doing, they're definitely making this guy look really as bad as possible on the way out the door. Um, Sports illustrated did put out a report, you know, saying that they're expecting punk's side to respond. It could be potentially explosive. I, my gut says that's possible, but the guy doesn't want to look crazy right now. And I think that punk, despite many of the reports that make him look like a maniac, uh, was trying his best to avoid confrontation with these people and not look like a crazy person, right? That's not a, that's not unfortunately how this all played out. So I would, I would anticipate. Um, and again, I haven't spoken to his camp since the termination. They've gone radio silent across the board with basically everybody. Um, but I'm not expecting anything crazy. I think this guy, wants to move on with his life from what I gather. And uh, we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he does want his pound of flesh. He's going to go in really hard on these guys. But I, 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 I would think this guy wants to try to move on, present the attitude and era of I'm not a crazy person. I'm not a problem here. And, and, and let it be at that. You know, that's just where my gut is. I don't know. My whole thing was when Tony Khan said that he feared for his life, I thought that gave CM Punk and CM Punk's team an opening mm -hmm. to be like, okay, well, prove it. Mm -hmm. And with that, you know, that was one of the things where I'm like, okay, that's a very, very strong statement to me. Yes. It's a very strong statement. And you really, really have to prove that completely. And like, even if they play the video, right? Like, if you know, the people, whoever decides this, sees the video, you know, you can make from that whether or not you agree 
with Tony Khan's statement about fearing for his life, right? We haven't seen the video. We don't know. For all accounts, that could be completely right or it could be an exaggeration. I don't know. But I feel like if you're going to come out and say that, it better, like, it best be true, right? Like, it best be true. Like, I can't imagine going out and being like, oh, Nick Houseman, I feared for my life from you if I didn't actually fear for my life from you. So, like, you have to really feel that way. So I thought my understanding of that was going, if I'm CM Punk and I feel that that's not true, I'm going to fight that because you're, you know, that's something that's going against my character. And so that was my understanding of that. So, of course, again, I don't know. I don't know what happened back there, but that was my initial thought was if I'm CM Punk, I would probably be like, okay, well, that's not okay with me, right? And see, Tony was very interesting in the scrum when he talked about the terms of separation, right? And, you know, uh, he, the, I've, I've been using the term terminated because that's the term that AEW uses. They terminated him. So Punk was terminated by the company. But then he talks about the terms of separation in the media scrum when, when asked by Brandon Khan about the non-compete clause because he didn't address for the wondering whether or not Punk has a non-compete clause, which says to me that there was maybe some kind of detente where, look, like I've been saying for, for a while since last week, Punk didn't want to be there. Punk has not wanted to be at AEW as it stands for a long time, right? Tony Khan, because Tony Khan has wanted Punk there, has attempted to create this structure that never made any sense to anybody that we all knew was a house of cards waiting to fall, right? Just to try to make it work, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know. I kind of lost my train of thought there thinking about that. Yeah. So the other thing, and you know, to bring you back because <laughs> Nick, one of the things, cause you were saying like, Oh, do you think his team is going to do anything? They've gone right. Oh, silent. Yeah. My question to you, the first question I asked you at all that was, do you think CM Punk's going to put out a statement before or during the show? Because that's I what I was expecting. But then, but then there was nothing. I but told that you is no. something that crossed my mind. I told you no. I, cause when you asked me if he was, I was like, I don't think so because Again, I don't think this guy wants to create a big problem or whatever right now. You know, you got the observer saying, you know, a, ne a neutral source says Punk started this thing with a sucker punch. You know, oh, back what I was getting to. So the terms of separation, we don't really know. Like they, the AEW side is framing it as a termination and they're making it sound very violent. But if Punk really wanted out of this thing, he may have accepted. Fine. We're not going to court. Give me my release immediately. You want a 90-day non-compete? Fine. Give me the 90-day non-compete. We're not going to court. He, I know he hates lawyers. I know he hates being in law uh, in courtrooms. He probably does not want to go into a prolonged legal process with AEW. But if there were terms of this separation or whatever Tony wants to frame it as, where there was lingering bad blood, I've seen CM Punk in a courtroom. I know what his legal team is capable of. I know what discovery looks like. I watched them dredge up every bad text message and email they could find from employees and performers on the WWE roster. And Punk won that case. He was able to prove that this is a dirty company that did not. Or I shouldn't say not prove this is a dirty company. That's a little bit uh, too much, maybe. But prove his side of the case that he was not speaking out of turn when making the comments he made about the way he was treated. And it was a loss for WWE. And if I'm AEW, I don't want to go get into a mudslinging match with this guy in a courtroom. I don't want to see what Mega Park's text messages look like or Tony Khan's text messages look like. I, I'm going to guess. I'm going to, I'm going to, I don't know. But I would think that there might be a, some kind of clause in there that, that will rein in Punk's ability to respond in a legal or public matter 
uh, as part of his, hey, we, you want to go? Fine, you can go kind of deal. Right, right. Exactly. There's just so many questions that like we don't know. We don't know if like any NDAs were signed, anything like that. We have no idea. Right. So, um, man, I don't know. But I feel like at this point, like you can't lie because, again, there's a video out there now. And if someone says, oh, this is what happened, that better be on that video, you know. And if Punk's team goes to court over his release and they feel like it wasn't appropriate, he was terminated. You better believe that every part of that internal investigation who's on the discipline committee, what that video looked like, all of it comes to the surface, all of it, right? Because if if Punk feels like he's been defamed and he's going to try to uh, prove that, just like Dr. Aman tried to do against him and lost, Punk knows how that play works. He knows how a courtroom situation looks like that, and it could get really messy, and I think Tony knows that, and I don't think that Tony wants that, and I could very easily see him making some conditions as part of Punk's release termination whatever you want from the company to again uh rein in his ability to really kind of go at the company and in a meaningful way i could be wrong do you think cm punk even wants that because like you said you saw it all do you think like having to go through a legal battle again with all of the stress that comes with that and all of the money that you have to spend nope no 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 nobody wants that i think this guy wants to move on with his life i think that the i mean look he's in his 40s right he's married doesn't have kids, but he has a dog. And as somebody who's married without kids and a dog, I can tell you, your dog means a lot to you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like I, I would have probably spent more time at Starcast too if I if I didn't have the option to spend Labor Day weekend with my wife, and my dog. Um, I think he's. I think he just wants to move on. I, you know, again, you know, a lot of people buzzing was, is he going to go to WWE? I saw the Fightful report about how he had kind of in December. I, and look, I had in December, I thought he was done. I left for Antarctica in December for a month, came back and he was back in the mix. And I was Bob's your uncle confused as anybody else. I had no idea how that one came together. Uh, right before the end of the year, I thought he was out. Uh, I definitely thought that he was entertaining a return to WWE. I wasn't shocked to see him pop up backstage at the WWE show, but I've had a couple people close to that situation. Tell me if punk punk is probably projecting that is more of a possibility then it may be, and that there are people there that do not want him there, and it would be not a not a layup that he pops up in WWE, from what I gather. It's going to be the same thing, right? Like when we're talking about the AEW roster backstage, people that like them, people that don't. Same thing with WWE, people that like them, people that don't. Mm. I, I truly, maybe. I think that, I think or do you w- think it's more people don't like them there? I think the WWE would do a better job of reining it in. Um, they don't tolerate the same kind of drama that AEW does. You don't, you just don't hear about the infighting and bickery or the days of the click running the locker room and that kind of stuff. There's a couple people that have clout, right? Because they're up higher on the card. And sometimes you hear frustrations about, Oh, you know, X is holding people back, you know, whatever. But it's, it's this, the, the day to day kind of like onslaught of little interpersonal things we hear about, at least as we have as of late and over the past couple of years from AEW just doesn't exist. Cody Rhodes I don't know if anybody remembers this because I know we all have rose color glasses now. Last three months of that guy's time in AEW, he was a center of attention for a lot of things that had nothing to do with his in-ring work, you know? And now you look over in WWE, the focus of his career is his in-ring work. All of the other stuff, all the drama, all the backstage stuff faded to the background. And I think the same is possible with Punk, but he's a different cat and everything's different things possible. But I do think WWE would would be a better governor on a guy like punk right now than, than maybe the AEW landscape. 
Yeah, who knows, man? I think in my mind, because of how things went down with him in WWE, I like don't see it happening. But again, like if it did happen, I would be like, oh my, I, I would be very excited to see what that looks like. Yeah. Well, um, all right. Last thing here, as I'm looking at my notes here, I think there's only one thing I didn't get to quite yet. That is, of course, the House of Wrestling exclusive that there was a there was an opening there. Where meeting was scheduled and canceled the week before AEW uh, All In that would have seen uh, Punk's camp, the Elite's camp and Tony Khan sit down in Atlanta to have a meeting and work this all out days before everything completely hit the fan and fell apart. Now, I have seen, uh, I, I've talked to multiple people on this story. I've seen proof that there was at least uh, a, um, a recognition that this was something people in the know thought was happening. Uh, I, under the impression, it took about two weeks. There was about two weeks of work going into putting this to happen. Uh, I believe Atlanta's where they were doing the dynamite before uh, All In, and it was a chance where everybody could be together in the same place as Tony Khan saw it. Um, Punk had traveled or had travel changed to accommodate what appeared to be a meeting or scheduled meeting and was called off uh, either uh, at the last minute when the Bucks found out about it. That's And again, I'm going to take them at their word. That's what I guess uh, their camp is saying to Brian Alvarez and Wrestling Observer. So on their end, it's, a, again, a very much Schrodinger's meeting, it would appear, as it's become online. Was this meeting scheduled or not? I've seen evidence that would seem it was scheduled, at least on the belief of many on one or other sides of it, not just Punk's camp. Uh, but on the elite side, they say that they didn't hear about it until the last minute, and as soon as they were approached, they turned it down. So that's the 360 look at kind of this possible thing that could have been a sit down with everybody days before everything went badly Denise I almost feel like I think there's truths to both sides here where there could have been a situation where like you said you saw this evidence of this meeting being set to happen but this yeah. could have been because again there's so many parties involved you know how it is sometimes the right hand doesn't tell the left hand uh, I can see that being a situation where like maybe this side CM Punk side put out the effort to make the meeting and then maybe the books just didn't see it and their yeah. part's true yeah and, so and I that, can see the truth for both sides it's 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 indicative though of how weird communication and how isolated communication had to be between people for lawyers of people to be talking to other lawyers of people to be talking to intermediaries that were a part of the actual AEW roster to executives in the roster, some that wanted this to happen, some executives that didn't want this to happen, so many people. But I, I do think that it is interesting that after two weeks of people actively working towards this situation, flights were scheduled, <laughs> travel plans were made. So at some point, somebody thought, somebody of note thought, this is happening. We are working towards making this happening. That's very interesting to me. And uh, I'm sure we will find out more about this as it goes on. But it does look like there was, look, Punk wanted to be there. Punk's camp wanted to be there. Tony wanted to be there. Tony camp, Tony's camp wanted to be there. The elite's camp did not want to be there. And then everything exploded. And now they're doing victory laps. So, yeah, very interesting uh, timeline. <laughs> where do you fall on this? Do you think if someone wants to have a meeting with someone that they despise, should they be 
Should they have to have this meeting? Yes or no? No, they shouldn't. And they shouldn't. And nobody should be forced into working with anybody they don't want to work with or be around people that they don't want to work with. And I think that that's true of everybody on the roster and could have been handled differently across the board for everyone, right? right? Forcing situations, trying to make situations that you know aren't going to work, work, signing people without conditions about what goes on when they are re-signed and how they have to operate as part of the company, there was a lot of miscommunication, a lot of assumptions about how things would work and it just didn't pan out in the end. And I do think that in hindsight being what it is after all out punk didn't want to be there. People didn't want punk be there. I think in everything considered, maybe it would have been better to let punk go. Then you would have gotten a lot less blowback. A lot of people would have been very understanding about it. This thing continued to escalate, escalate, escalate. It became so negative and toxic for your work environment, you know, was, yeah. was, was the squeeze worth the juice, so to speak, you know, I guess the only person that could answer that is probably Tony Khan, right? He's probably the only person who can answer that question. Cause the fans are going to see it differently. You and I can sit here and see it differently. Uh, Tony Khan's going to be the only one that could really answer that question for sure. Uh, I, I mean, I wasn't even expecting to see CM Punk back after the whole, uh, you know, brawl out and everything. After that, I wasn't expecting to see CM Punk back. So with him coming back, I thought, okay, they're going to make it work. They're going to make it work. He's on a different show. They're on a different show. And then what happens? The first big, big event. Well, no, because they were together on Forbidden Door. Like they were all there, but they were kept separately. So then you come into All In and I guess that plan just did not work anymore. Yep. It, it it all fell apart, right? You know, and like I was telling people all weekend, it's like uh, everybody can really, I think, I hope, unless you're young and have never been in love or broken yet, you will be in a relationship and you will come to a point in your relationship, whether it's because the dishes got put back wrong or somebody slept with somebody else that they should have been sleeping with. There is a breaking point and you just know the day, you know, the moment where you say this is no longer right for me. We have to part ways. And sometimes you could do it and stay friends. And sometimes you uh, have to call the lawyers and say, make sure they stop looking through my windows. Right. And I, <laughs> I think that this is a situation. Make me need to have a talk about your dating past. <laughs> uh, what, it wasn't me. But one time I did do a slow roll with a girl, a friend of mine who was a girl where I was like, why are we just hanging out outside this place? She's like, I think that my boyfriend's with a girl and I want to see if she rolls up. And I was like, what the fuck are we doing here right now? Anyway. Oh, my God. All right. Last thing I wanted to bring up. Last thing we wanted to I wanted to bring up here in regard to punk was, of course, we were at and this is been a whole CM Punk deep dive here. We will, I will try to bring up Payback Raw, other things here uh, on the Thursday show, but I kind of figured this is where this would lead. We were there. We were at All Out uh, this past weekend. Let's just talk about the crowd reaction a little bit more because we were sitting there as the eight-man was going on. When the Young Bucks were not in the match, the crowd was relatively fine, but when the Bucks were in this match, holy hell, it got intense. We both fit, We both saw at least, I think, two fights break out in our immediate area, right? Yeah. There were some people that were getting a little heated and there were some people that were taking that. Some people were just like messing around, right? They were like, you know, they were just chanting whether it was pro or anti CM Punk. And then there were some people that took it very seriously. Uh, Like just literally in front of us, there was a guy that was like, 
uh, he was like, yeah, CM Punk, woo. And then this other guy turns around and he's very, very aggressive. And he's like, CM Punk was a cancer. And he was so mad that this guy was cheering for C CM Punk's name. And he turned around and he was just like, he's a cancer. Whoa, you know, going off. And I'm like, dude, let this man cheer what he wants to cheer. And then there was another one down there. I don't know who was cheering for who or what. No idea. Um, But basically, like what I gathered, again, at Collision was when I saw those fans that were upset. Then in the building, there wasn't that many people at Collision. So at first, I wasn't really sure what you know, it was going to be like, and when Tony Khan came out, I wasn't necessarily expecting as many boos as he got, especially because I didn't feel that correlated the night afterwards. And again, the night afterwards, you had way more people there. So I feel like maybe it was just, it just, you know, with the influx of new people and the whole entire building, it definitely felt very different because even, even in collision, when the young bucks came out, they didn't get booed the way that Tony did. I think that there's a, I think there's a it's I think it's a very complicated relationship Tony has with the fans at the moment. And, you know, I think a lot of people question why he's done certain things and would like a better they'd like a better explanation. He doesn't owe them that. But I think until Tony is a little bit more open about some of the situations around this and why he he, he did the things that he did, I think that you're going to continue to kind of get that reaction. And again, you know. Tony's running a billion dollar company, allegedly, right? If they get the bag, um, he has everything on his shoulders. And the tough thing in that situation sometimes is a little comment you make can affect so many other things. And in, when you're in that spot, the hardest thing to do is, is bite your tongue and not say anything. And, and oftentimes that's the right thing to do, even though people will hate you for it. So I don't fault him for it. I understand why he does it. But I do think that you will continue to see those kinds of reactions until there's a moment and opening where Tony can be a lot more candid about why he operated the way he did through this. And yeah. I gave him that opening. And again, world's shortest Tony Khan response ever. Maybe All right. Just too soon, you know, maybe just more time needed to go by more whatever it else needs to be settled right like the, you have to wait till the dust settles but even at all out though at all out was so interesting like when people started the chant uh oh cry me a river <laughs> that was the most viewed video we put out of the entire most most uh engaged social media post we put out was that yeah cry me a river tweet yeah, yeah. and there was people again it was i would say from primarily like a lot of people were anti-punk in the crowd though especially for chicago but it was weird, too, because, like, I feel like I saw people wearing punk stuff that were also kind of getting in on the fuck punk stuff. And, like, right. it was, I saw a bunch of people with CM Punk merch. A it bunch. Was, it was it was everywhere. Like, and, like, it's it was I, 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 I will say 50-50. I think at certain points, certain elements of the crowd were winning out over other elements of the crowd. But just the visual of all the merchandise and, like, the reaction. the I've never seen fans fighting each other over a wrestler <laughs> right right i've never seen that so you know what great. this reminds me of nick you know when you go to a family gathering right and you're like oh, okay God. do not bring up politics we can't bring up politics let's all have a nice dinner this is what it feels like in the wrestling world don't bring up cm punk let's all get together let's all enjoy the show don't bring it up <laughs> that's literally what this feels like because if you notice everybody who has an opinion of this whether you're anti-punk pro-punk Everybody is very, very dead set on their opinion. Yep, yep, and I, and I hear that internal investigation. They were swiping voting machines that were uh, used in uh, CM Punk's favor, right? <laughs> Sorry, I'm not supposed to talk about <laughs> politics.
What is this, Maricopa County? All right. Uh, it was a great show. Denise, I'm so happy we finally got to make this uh, happen, especially on the anniversary of, I mean, I think yesterday, September 4th, was the actual one-year anniversary, so we're about a day, a year and a day removed from it. Um, Denise, where can people go to support you, find you, all those wonderful things? Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on. I felt bad because I know you had reached out and I'm like, oh my God, it's not going to work this week. It's not going to work this week. So if we finally made it work, uh, all great. So it, it, it kind of worked out, like you said, because it ended up being this episode that again, or rather the one year that was really, God, I can't believe how much has unfolded in one year. Like when you think of everything, it's just daunting. It's really, really daunting. I'm going to write a book. I'm not going to lie. I'm thinking about writing a book. You should. You I should. should. You should. should write a book. Yes, I, I encourage that 100%. Um, awesome. The other thing for me, just you guys can follow me, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. If you want to watch all of CM Punk scrums, I have them all. They're all up there. I have one where you, you can watch them all separately, or I have a whole compilation where you can watch them all together back to back. Of course, you can go back and rewatch the all out one, uh, whatever your heart's desire is. But youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo is where to check out all of my work. All right, everybody. I'll be back on Thursday. I'll be joined by Chuck Carroll. Um, I don't have any announcements this week, but we have a couple huge announcements we're going to be making here within the next month. So please continue to support the site. Thank you so much for all uh, of everything you guys have done for us. It was a wonderful banner weekend uh, and week for us. Uh, so, yes, thank you. I'm at Nick underscore Houseman over on Twitter. Grab your hat. Grab your shoes. Get on out the door. But remember, you're welcome back anytime. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt. A classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters, because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.